Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. About to be a great night. Really good tonight. Yeah. This is one hell of a night. Now, back to Late Night with Hancock and Kelly on King of OX. And welcome aboard, everyone. And John Hancock alongside Michael Kelly back from his uh, brief <clears throat> out-of-town vacation. And it's time for our weekly visit. With the great newsman here at KMOX, Sean Michael Lyle. Hooray for Hollywood. Hooray. Yes. Hey, that's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. He was asking, what should we play when Sean comes in here? I said, I don't know. Hooray for Hollywood. Hooray because for- we found out last week that you went to broadcast school in West Hollywood. Oh, no, not West Hollywood. It was right in the middle of Hollywood. Hollywood, California. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we also have known that you have brushed with greatness with none other than Yakov Smirnov. Yeah, and he really does laugh like that. (laughs) (laughs) Like a a seal. Yeah. So certainly a man with your incredible background, you've had some brushes with greatness over the years. Uh, You make me sound like a a Hollywood hairdresser. Well, no, no, you're not a hairdresser. Well, brushes. I can can tell that. Uh, uh, (laughs) That's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) But but you certainly have had some brushes with greatness out there. Well, yeah, famous people, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so spill the the beans. Uh, The tea. You don't spill the tea, Michael. You spill the beans. Yeah, no, the kids these days, they use tea as uh, the word means like the gossip. Yeah. The tea? Am I right, Yeah, spill the tea. Yeah, Yeah, spill the tea. All right, fine. Find the, Spill tea. the tea. I've never heard of it. You got a mop? I'll wipe it up afterwards. I know. <laughs> no, well, yeah, I, I did. Uh, uh, well, I mean, I've so many of them over yeah. the years. I, I haven't really known any famous people. I was acquainted with some. Ooh, who? who? Uh, well, let's see. When I lived in Hollywood, yeah, uh, I'd go to parties in the Hollywood Hills. Yes, okay. and I'd I'd hang out with people there. And the people who knew me by name, yeah. and I would see several times. I used to sit there, uh, and. Um, and Who? and eat peanuts, peanuts. Peanuts. She, she put them. She put them on her she lap. She put the peanuts on her lap. And we would sit there and crack it with Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher wow. with the peanuts and on we, her. We would, Unbelievable. She was we, a bit nutty. Hold on. No, yes, hold on. Was. So we got Carrie Fisher. Carrie peanuts. Fisher. All right. Uh, let's. Uh, and I, she knew you by name. Yes. Yeah. And also, um, wow. Did you ever watch the old the show Three's Company? Yes. Yeah, come and yeah. knock on my door. Joyce yeah. Dewitt. Joyce Dewitt. Joyce yeah. Dewitt. Yeah. She was from New York or somewhere. Yeah. In the East. Yeah. She was a dancer. Oh, the brunette. Yeah. Yeah. She, she was a dancer, and right. she she oh, went out a, to Hollywood to good. try and get work. And I said, you know, you're not going to find any work as a dancer in Hollywood and she said yeah I know I mean she got this job at this show and but she was a dancer it she, went wow. well for her it well it, uh, some would say and you yes. know what's what's amazing about that they took the earnings from that three's company mm-hmm. Joyce DeWitt did and her family 
ended up buying the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, it's just unbelievable. It's no. absolutely. <laughs> what are you talking about? Well, well got, see, here's got, the deal. You, you got Bill DeWitt out there. Can you uh, <laughs> you see what I have to deal with? Like, I know, I know. He brings everybody along, and we think we're going to get some pearl of wisdom, and then we get a dad joke. Yeah, but but the interesting yes. thing was that that, that show yeah. was the most profitable show in television history. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because it Freeze had great. company? Yes. Yeah, it had great ratings. It had well, great. Well, I had to pay rent. Well, one apartment. You're right. Well, that's, that's part of it. Actually, they. Um, they 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 were very low paid. Uh, yeah. the, the really, produ- the production cost was extremely low. Right, of course. Uh, but uh, they made a whole bunch of money. Right, and then see. and then when um, the woman with the pores, because I remember her, uh, the blonde, uh, Suzanne Suzanne Summers. Summers. Yeah. So so I'm at this party and I'm sitting there with Joyce Dewitt and we're we're just Joyce. talking and, and, and the peanuts. Well, no, that was uh, Carrie Fisher. Oh, but okay. we were sitting there talking and just and then all of a sudden it was like this this you know royalty came to the party and everyone's like oh. Mm. And I turned around, and it was like, who is it? Who is it? And I see this brush of blonde hair, and I see this face full yes. of pores. Pores, all kinds that, of pores. That was Suzanne Summer. There she was with and her yet, pores. And I was sitting there with Joyce to it. It was absolutely beautiful. Oh, yeah. And lovely and really nice. Well, wow. you know, so that's an interesting. So you got Joyce DeWitt over here. Mm-hmm. You got Suzanne Summers over there. Right. Not unlike Marianne and Ginger. I never met either. Of yeah, those. yeah, no, but I'm saying that everybody yeah. thought Ginger oh, yeah. was the big bombshell. No, right. no, no, oh, no, no. The girl next door, Marianne. Marianne. Yeah, sure. yeah. Uh, it, Don, Don Wells would uh, would tell you all along yes. that uh, that she always got the most mail. Yes, fan mail. I'm yeah. sure of it. And yeah. and same with Joyce Dewitt, and compared to Suzanne Summers, who's yeah. now 87 years old, I think. Yeah, like, and then John Ritter alive? got. Yeah, she's yeah, she's alive. Suzanne Summers. Yeah, John Ritter oh. has passed away. Though. Yeah, yes. He passed Tina away Louise is the last of the last. Of the She's the last of the Gilligan. She's still people. here. Yeah. 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 Wow. But- but uh, it was kind of funny because I never met the guy. But I was driving along in Hollywood because uh, you're mentioning Gilligan's Island. Yeah. And and I'm driving by this restaurant and there's this guy who's out there painting the curb. Yeah. Of of the parking lot yeah. in the restaurant, and it was the skipper. It was no Alan yeah, Hale. Alan Hale Jr. Uh, <sighs> and he was out there. He was wearing the red. Sh- polo shirt i don't think he had the cap yeah, yeah. and he was painting just along and he was looking up and he was smiling as the people skipper smiled. the skipper painting he, the curb he owned that restaurant wow. and so he would just paint do that himself see this is why this is why mm-hmm. we we ask sean michael lyle into the studio each well, and every week but because you two, as po- other hosts don't get this kind of stuff no, you I mean, two uh-uh. guys as politicals yeah, yeah. you would appreciate the fact that yes uh, i used to chomp cigars yes with the governator Really? With oh, Arnold. Yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. I yeah. Can't tell you this See, guy. that's another guy it's that knew me by me. name because, you know, I covered, I was a news director and a newsman in California. Yeah. And so and, you were, yeah. Yeah. And he would, he, it was kind of funny because I was a news director in Bakersfield, California, and he huh. loved coming to Bakersfield. And there was one time that, uh, you know, that he was, I, I was talking to him in Sacramento and said, hey, you know, you haven't been down to Bakersfield for a little bit. And he goes, oh, I go there all the time, all the time. I said, it's been over a month. He goes, it's been over a month. So the next day or a couple of days later, he was supposed to be in Fresno. And he's, they skipped that. They skipped Fresno and came down to Bakersfield. Bakersfield. And I said, see, just because I said so, the governor comes to Bakersfield. Little did I realize that's where his love child was. Oh, ah, well, yeah. a little bit of How a scoop that? there. That's it, it's it's kind of like it's kind of like having Rona Barrett, uh, and I mean, you, 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 amazing, <laughs> amazing. Yeah, Arnold Schwartz. So let, let's just to recap for the oh, people are, at home. Yeah, this so, Arnold. We could do this. Arnold's not that tall, is he? 
He's five foot, you know, something. No, he didn't look as big as I thought he would yeah, be. Right. No, he's, he's a good size he's a good guy. a good big guy? Yeah. Uh-huh. But got, when you're not bulking, it shrinks. We yeah. got Carrie Fisher in the, in the were they planters peanuts that she was? Uh, I don't know. Okay. They were No, they were in the shell. And, oh, the shell peanuts. Yeah, we were shelling oh, peanuts. Oh, very nice. Yeah. And then uh, Joyce DeWitt's out there. You got Yakov Smirnoff over in the corner here laughing away. Yeah. <laughs> and, you, and you got the governor, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. So if you want more, I, that, there's plenty. But uh, <sighs> well, that's just for stuff. You know, next Monday's another day. Yeah. Sean Michael. Yeah. Uh, this is phenomenal. Now, you thought mm-hmm. about going into show business yourself at one point. Well, yeah, I did. Uh, well, I was in the theater in high school, but mm-hmm. I actually, I did. What's uh, your best role? Uh, my best role? Um, well, I, there was a Reginald Rose play called Dino, which was just terrible. And I was the I was the lead. And so in Dino? Was, in Dino, which is just awful. I didn't oh. like it. Uh, except I got to kiss the prettiest darn girl in that. But um, no, what hey we now. used, Mrs. I, Mrs. Sean Michael Lyle might be listening. What, right well, yeah, she knows. But what when I was in high school, we had a, a the uh, teacher yeah. was um, he was an old disc jockey. Nice. I went to the same broadcasting school that he went to. I went there because he went there, and we used to put on shows. We didn't do like like um, uh, you know plays. Right. We did uh, skits. Yeah, it, on the radio. Uh, well, no, in the theater. Oh, in the theater. We would do skits. So you'd come to one of the speech arts club yeah. shows, and you would have a night of comedic skits, musical skits, dramatic skits, and it was it was a great show. All original? Yeah. Well, no, no they weren't original. Oh, okay. Some of them were adapted. A few were original. Uh-huh. Some of us uh, wrote some. Yeah. But yeah, we'd put on these shows, and people loved the shows. We learned how to put on a show. Wow. And, and, and we could see what people liked. My favorite, though, was... It was called Spider Boy, where I had this bag where I was pretending to eat spiders or something. This little oh, girl, geez. and she oh, was geez. she was there, and she was all icky because it was our Halloween show. Yeah. And so what I did was, you know, those little uh, uh, you get them at the um, the sewing place, the little dingle balls. Yeah, you sure. Know? I cut off those, got the black ones, cut off all the little tiny the dingle, dingle balls, balls, and that's what I had. Yeah, these little fluff, fluffy, fluffy little balls, balls. The fluffy little, dingle balls. Yeah. yeah, and and I had a bag full of them. You had and a so bag full I was of pre- dingle balls. I was pretending, yeah, a paper bag, and uh-huh. I was pretending to eat them. So anyway, he was eating the dingle yeah. balls out of a fluffy right. bag. So anyway, then I go to chase her, right? Because yeah. I'm, the, I'm the, the spider boy or whatever. Yeah, the spider and, boy. And the kid with the spiders. And I go chasing her, <laughs> and she amazing. goes running into the audience, and I reach out my bag as she's going. I'm throwing you handfuls throw of these. the spider balls these, into the audience. Into the audience. And they just leaped like oh, you wouldn't believe. Man. It oh, was my. Awesome. Oh, people pandemonium. Yeah, it was. The humanity. It was the a, humanity. It was amazing. It was, oh, wow. Because they're little they yeah. were black and fuzzy, and they felt like and uh, yeah. That was that was the best. Oh, this is kind of like a stink bug. Have you, do you have stink bugs at the house? You, you guys, nobody has stink bugs. Well, I wouldn't throw stink bugs. Yeah, I no. In fact, I wouldn't throw real bugs. Yeah, at all, no, of course yeah. not. When, when are our submissions due for the Edward R. Murrow? Uh, I think this is it. I think, I, I think we've just uh, I think right we've here. just crested the uh, the top of the uh, the, the peak here. Yeah. You're going on the submission with us, won't oh, you? Uh, I don't know. Folks, <laughs> let me just say that um, in the history of radio, you may never have heard a segment like we have just been fortunate I've been to be a small part. For, for 25 years. And, and the, yeah. the best part of it all is yeah. that next week, at this same time. Next uh, week, uh, if you remind me, if you want yeah. to write it down, yeah. I've got to tell you my favorite moment in the history of my radio career. Oh, favorite Radio 
Moment. Moment. Yeah. All right, I got it. That's Sean Michael Lyle. Hey, when we come back, it's time for What's Trending, Michael, and who joins us for that? Braxton Payne next, right here on the Mighty Mock. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Good stuff. Every week at this time, we go to the Celebrity Guest Line where we're joined by Braxton with a B and Payne is his last <laughs> name with a P. Braxton Payne is on The Voice of St. Louis, and it's time for that. My uh, former co-host last week. Yeah. He, how was it last week, boys? He was boys? great. He was great. How are you, Brax? I'm well. How are you all? Fine. Have you recovered from having to spend two and a half hours with Hancock? Just two hours. Uh, well, two hours. We did four and a half hours total last week because we Excellent had, you know, point. Friday. We, had, we had Friday and and Tuesday night, not Monday Man. night last week. That's right, Brax. Uh, the average dad joke per hour is usually about two and a half jo- dad jokes per hour. Were they rolling last week too? Yeah, they they weren't too bad. I mean, I, I'm so used to them that I don't even know if they're considered dad jokes anymore. I think they're just considered John Hancock jokes <laughs> at this point. Yeah. yeah. All right, Braxton, what's trending? So we got three options, and we can do all three. We can do one. Uh, we got the French elections, which Ooh. I think there's some interesting uh, statistics from that to come out. Okay. Uh, the Morning Consult came out with a poll about the best coach ever, either college or uh, uh, professional leagues Dang or that. Easter traditions. Ooh. Ooh, those are three really good choices. Yeah. Let's start with the coaches. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's start with the coaches. Yeah, so Morning Consult is a uh, firm out of D.C., and they do political polling, public opinions. They do polling on television shows, the Oscars, you name it. And they send out a weekly 
uh, email to their subscribers uh, every every day at five o'clock. So daily email, excuse me, not weekly. Um, and they came out with one that I thought was interesting with the best coach ever. So I was curious to know what you guys think the best coach ever is. And then I can kind of run down a list. So right. this was open ended. Well, all right. So they didn't they didn't provide a list. So people had to Go type ahead. in so what they thought the best I have coach two. ever was. One's gonna be a basketball okay. coach and one's gonna be a football coach. All right. The basketball coach is gonna be Dean Smith. All right. Uh North Carolina. Yeah, Come yeah. on. I mean, as famous as they get. Yeah, well, and the football coach Tom Landry of the America's team, Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, no. Uh oh, I'm wrong. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Huh. So the, huh. the basketball coach, of course, is the legendary. John Wooden from UCLA. Okay. Uh, uh, he is the he is and and the football coach, of course, is the legendary. The trophy is named after him, Vince Lombardi. Mm. Uh, and if you want to go to baseball coaches, I mean, if we're going to stray into that territory, uh, I would say the greatest baseball coach of all time would be the New York Giants, John McGraw. And and if you were going to go into the world of hockey. I would say the greatest hockey coach of all time would be none other than the former Blues coach, Scotty Bowman. So those are my wow. those are my four choices. Brax, what about you? Good. Yeah, well, I think so. I mean, I think probably my top coach of all time would probably be either yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, Vince Lombardi or Coach K. I think Coach oh, K was Coach a great, K. Yeah, yeah. Who won the poll? College coach. So yeah. So there's the top twelve. You, uh, of those, uh, the, the first four you mentioned, three of those are in the top ten. Um, but rounding out at number one is actually Bill Belichick. Yeah. Wow. The top one. Okay. And he was tied with the one and only John. You were right, Vince Lombardi. Yeah. Okay. And so they, they were both at ten percent. So remember, they had the fill it in. Right, so right. people that said them. And then num- coming in at number three is Phil Jackson. Yeah. Oh, come on. Give oh, me he had the num- Bulls and the Lakers, yeah, dude. he does yoga. <laughs> and then number four is uh, John Madden. Really? No. Yeah, that, five, I don't agree years. with that one either. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, number famous, five though. is uh, John Wooden. Yep, thank you. Uh, number six, Tom Landry. Yeah. Seven, yeah. Nick Saban. Eight, yeah. Coach K. Nine, Mike Ditka. Ten Mike, Tony Dungy. Mike Ditka? Yeah, Ditka, that's a, that's a popularity Ditka? contest. Yeah. Now, Tony yeah. Dungy was a great coach. I will, I will give you that. Uh, Ditka does not belong on this list. Ditka. No. No Ditka. No. No, and I think the, the, the number 11 was Greg Popovich, which I do agree oh, with. I like Pop. on, Greg Popovich. I like Popovich. He's you just a, don't like his politics, He's a dude. liberal. Hey, exactly. Where Enough Scotty, said. Where is Scotty Bowman on this he's list? He's not. He is not. He's not. I thought it was interesting. That he's on the hothead list. How is, there's not a single NHL coach on the top 12. It's right. rigged. Of this. It's rigged. No, it's Which not rigged. Also, you kind of think about, you look at the NHL ratings, though. I mean, they're they're one of the lower professional sports, uh, yeah. you know, ratings-wise television. So it doesn't surprise how, me. How about, uh, is Barry Hearn on the list? No Barry Hearn. Oh, he's uh, one of the great snooker coaches of all time. Okay. It's time to move to a new topic of what's trending. I'm kind of interested in that French election stuff. Me too. Very all right. interesting. Yeah. Talk about that, Brex. Yeah, so the French elections happened over the weekend. Um, okay, you got to pronounce the names right, though. Ah, oh, I'm going to do my best. Macron. Uh, so in, in France, you know, there's not they don't have like a two-party system like we do here. So right. they have several different parties and there's about 12 legitimate candidates for president. Um, and if they don't get 50%, they end up in a runoff. So 
the, the top person is the current president is Macron, which fun fact about him. I stayed in the same hotel when I was on my honeymoon with him in Greece. Whoa. Uh, hey, yeah. Macron, is there a lot of security around him? Emmanuel Macron yeah. was in Greece with Braxton yes. Payne. Yeah, so they had to do what they were doing now. You're right up there with Sean Michael Was there like uh, army guys there and stuff? There was, yeah. So it was for a Mediterranean climate summit, and we were in the same hotel as them, and we had to go through security. And, yes, there was definitely French police. Um, as well as, you know, the Greek authorities all surrounding him the whole time. You know what's fascinating about the French police, you know, when they're in pursuit, the sirens go off. You know, our sirens, woo, 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 uh-huh. woo, woo. In, in France, the sirens are, Dad joke. Ha-ha, ha-ha, ha-ha. <laughs> Dad joke. Dad joke. Uh, well, that, there's another one. I'll tell you, I kill Okay, myself. so who, <laughs> yeah, you kill yourself? I do. Yeah, uh-huh. So coming out in, in front was the current president yeah. at about around 28%. And then coming in second place, which will make the runoff, is uh, Marie Le Pen, which is – she's kind of the – I guess the be- best way to describe her, she's kind of the Donald Trump right populist of France. Um, so she won in a lot of the rural areas, which you kind of see here in, in modern elections. Um, but one of the things that I thought was the most interesting of the whole elections, if you combine – what you would consider your center uh, in France, so you, you, your capitalists, your non-populist parties. Yeah. Um, in 2007, they made up about 77% of the first vote mm-hmm. compared to the populist about 22%. But this last election here in 2022, the populist made up 58% of the, yeah. of I mean, the votes it, it, yeah. and 42% were what we would consider the center populist or the center uh, capitalist. In our modern politics. Yeah, you know, that is fascinating because, you know, we, we tend to think this populist movement is unique to the U.S. It's, it's not. And you're seeing it all over the world. You're seeing it in Australia, certainly seeing it in France. And that really is a fascinating number. So Le Pen is in second place. They go to a runoff. What are the, what are the experts predicting? Do they think Macron pulls it out? Yeah, they do. So the the night after the election, the even the center right, which would be more considered with Le Pen and the center left, all uh, endorsed at their election night parties, Macron, mm-hmm. and with you know very much vigor. I mean, they were saying that this is most consequential if we don't elect him, our country is going to go in a direction that we do not want it to be seen. And that was from, you know, a center right candidate, which is, you know, not so much aligned with the current president. She she said the the, four years ago when she ran that her views are aligned with Vladimir Putin's. I mean, she, you know, she said that herself. And so she's she's got to own that in this environment. It's it's a fascinating thing to keep an eye on. And I think one of the things that we we watch and I know us three on this phone and and we talk about a lot is, you know, watching foreign elections and how they're going to equate to our elections. I mean, we saw Brexit happen right before, um, you know, Donald Trump was elected president. And that was very much anti-establishment. You know, let's just tear the whole system up. And they did that. And, you know, in the U.K., same thing you're seeing in a lot of these elections. And I think it's what it's interesting to me is the French, the way the French elections work, is they, you know, they don't have that two party system. So they're having 12, 12 legitimate choices for president. Then they go to the runoff, and you're seeing you know consolidation around one candidate. And I don't know, like you know, we're, we're seeing that in other places, you know, with ranked choice voting in the United States, but not something that we normally see 
but also I just think that the the way that we're viewing populism versus capitalism in, in our traditional sense of the term um, is definitely changing. And I think we should be very wary of that in the midterms because you're going to see a lot of these extreme candidates or whether it's on the right or the left probably get elected in this next midterm. Good stuff, Braxton. Uh, that's really good stuff. You know, it, it, Marie Le Pen would have done better. Uh, Here we go. Had this she, is going to be another jump. Had she hired my political consulting firm to come up with her campaign slogan. Yeah. Le Pen is mightier than the sword. <laughs> <laughs> that's Braxton Payne. I need to go back on vacation. When we come back, 77 years ago today, this day in American history, a significant day. We're going to tell that story. I'm going to tell the story about what happened then. Michael Kelly is going to tell the story about what happened next. That's coming up next on KMOX. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Oh, my. So uh, yeah. if you don't follow the uh, KMOX Twitter handle, you should. Uh, they've snipped a little bit of it there. PJ. PJ snipped He's a little at, bit. Uh, what's your, Matt Pajeski, right? Pajeski at, or yeah, at Pajeski KMOX. Okay, spell and of course, it. Because Pajeski most people is, on this planet wouldn't know how to spell that. You got the P going on there with the. P-O-D. P-O-D. J-E-S. J-E-S. K-I. K-I. The number seven. He's no, the Pajeski Seven. No, I'm kidding. Pajeski KMOX. Pajeski KMOX. And you can listen to John Hancock do his best William Shatner version of uh, it was O Canada. Moving. All I can all I can say is little background it, vocals too. It was yeah, that was awful. Uh, but it was moving, and um, it's a, it's a beautiful anthem. I, I'll tell you, the Ukrainian national anthem is gorgeous too. Really? I've been listening to that uh, of late. Now, now, the best national anthem, I think we can all agree, Finlandia. How's that go? Oh, it's glorious. It's just amazing. Um, but <clears throat> I digress. It uh, was... Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What? Do, do you really know about Finland's... Yeah. Finlandia? Finlandia. Is that what you Finlandia. call it's a, it's a. It's actually a hymn. Um, yeah, no, that's not it. Uh, I mean that's the national anthem, but Flint, it's in the, never mind. So you said you saw uh, sixty minutes this week, and uh, President Zelensky was on there. Outstanding, really. Yeah. You know, he said that um, I would like to live a long time, but I am prepared to die for my country. Wow, that's. I mean, you talk about leadership um, at a time of utter distress when you look at the the slaughter the wholesale slaughter of innocents and civilians going on there, the bombing of hospitals and residences. 
uh, and the just the horrors that Russia is bringing to that country for no reason whatsoever. Right. And, you know, had Vladimir Zelensky, Volodymyr Zelensky fled that country, as he was offered to do by the West and by Russia, had he left, that army would have folded overnight. I mean, look what happened in right. Afghanistan uh, when the president fled there and, and the Taliban just, they, it was like dominoes. They rolled over everything. Well, that didn't happen in Ukraine because they had a strong, committed leader. The 60 Minutes interview, was the reporter in the room with him or was yeah. it being done via satellite? Uh, both. So, the, But the reporter was there. They walked through the very heavily guarded compound where he is. Um, you know, you saw him all over the weekend walking through the streets of Kiev with Boris right. Johnson. Right. Which was a remarkable video um, showcasing the fact that the Russian troops, so what a finger in the eye of Vladimir Putin that was. Yeah, we're here. Yeah. We're with this guy. Yeah. Did you hear him? Did he speak in English when he did the interview? Some. Yeah, it was uh-huh. both. He, he had English and he had uh, an interpreter as well. I mean, he speaks pretty good English. and and uh, But I think as he gets passionate and has more detailed things, he slips into his native tongue, which is understandable. Yeah. And uh, but no, it was it was impressive. I mean, the the man himself is impressive. And and when you think about coming to power, and remember he came to power to stamp out corruption. That was a corrupt government in right. Ukraine. It truly was. I mean, there was uh, a well, he lot was getting of, shook down by our government. Well, he did. Yes, by uh, Donald Trump. He did. And and that you know the, the his predecessor and the prosecutors before him. I mean, it was a very corrupt government in that country and he ran as a as a 41 year old at the time wow uh comedian to, to stay yeah he was a comedian he played the president in the in a comedy in ukraine and uh, yeah it was remarkable so here we sit on the verge of world war three the president who led us through world war two has uh, a little tie to history today today so today 77 years ago april 11th 1945 was the last photograph of President Franklin Delano Roosevelt. It was taken at uh, Warm Springs, Georgia, where he would go and, and soak in the in the water to deal with his polio that he suffered. And you'll remember Roosevelt had been elected and re-elected for the fourth time in 1944. He took the oath of office in March of 1944. It was the first time he delivered his inaugural address in his wheelchair. Right. And his health was flagging. He had been... Um, in Europe, at Yalta, negotiating what would be the end of and the division of the lands and so forth in World War II. He was about to go on a trip uh, for the formation of the United Nations when he finished his respite in Georgia. And he landed there looking very gaunt. He had lost a lot of weight, um, very dark circles under his eyes. He did not look well. We now know medically that he was suffering from hypertension, which they really didn't have a mechanism to treat in 1945. So very high blood, but his blood pressure, I read in one account, was 250 over 168. Good Lord. And they, you know, all they had to treat it with was phenobarbital, <coughs> oh, uh, my depressant word. at the time. And so he was not in, in, not in good health. Um, his mistress had been with him there. This was a, a woman that he had had an affair with back in 1919 when he was the Secretary of the Navy. She had been Eleanor Roosevelt's secretary. 
and uh, Franklin Roosevelt had an affair. It was discovered by his wife. She said, uh, if you don't end this, I'm going to end your political career. Wow. Franklin Roosevelt's mother threatened to disown him uh, from his inheritance. If he didn't end it, he ended it. But after he ascended to the presidency, he and this woman um, hooked up again. And Roosevelt's own sister was the one who facilitated the liaison. And so the sister was there. The mistress was there. He had a couple of aides there in Warm Springs, Georgia, and a photographer who was with him. And she was in the process of she was going to do the official presidential portrait. So she was taking some still photographs of the president on April the 11th. And he was dressed Natalie in a suit. He was a very sharp dressed man, and um, it was very he was cold, and so he had a shawl draped over his shoulders. That's the last photograph of Franklin Roosevelt that was ever taken. He went to bed that evening and and got up the next morning, April the twelfth, which would be tomorrow. Was not feeling well, and he was smoking one of his cigarettes. He smoked. He was a chain smoker. Uh-huh. Was Franklin Roosevelt. And he was smoking a cigarette, and his head lobbed forward. And his last words, he said, he said, I have a, a horrific headache. And that's the last words he spoke. And that was at 1 o'clock in the afternoon on April the 12th. He died, was pronounced dead at 335 Probably that and they think he probably suffered a number of many strokes, and it was a cerebral hemorrhage, they believe, that uh-huh. caused it. No autopsy. Eleanor would not allow an autopsy huh. uh, of the president. And so at the age of, which this blew me away, at the age of 63. No way. He was president for almost 20 years. 14 years. And almost. At the, age of, at the age of 63, Franklin Roosevelt passed away um, just before the end of World War II, which was concluded under a different president who had an equally fascinating rise to power. Yeah, so Harry Truman, as you'll all remember, was the senator from Missouri. And uh, as uh, Roosevelt was entering his fourth and final term, he knew he was dying. Uh, And the president, the vice president he had at the time... Henry Wallace. He did not want him to be president. And that was a dispute between he and Eleanor because Eleanor loved Henry Wallace. Henry Wallace was a progressive of his day. Right. So there was a man from St. Louis named Robert Hannigan. Uh, And Robert Hannigan was one of the ward bosses here in St. Louis. And when uh, Harry Truman was running for the United States Senate from Kansas City, he had the Pendergast machine behind him. Uh, they came over and tied up with the Hannigan uh, group, and the Hannigans controlled a lot of the Irish and the Catholics here in St. Louis and delivered the Senate seat for Harry Truman, and as a result, wound up becoming Harry Truman's right-hand man. He ascends to the point, uh, this Robert Hannigan, all the way to the point where he is the head of the Democratic National Committee and is given the role of Postmaster General, uh, the, the biggest job in the yeah. country, uh, by President Roosevelt. So President Roosevelt decides that he's not going with his current vice president, uh, goes and meets with Robert Hannigan and tells Hannigan, here's four names that I could live with. And I'm sorry I don't remember the four names right now. But one of them was Harry Truman. Uh, He was not listed first when the president said, here's who I would accept. Hannigan left the room, went out to the president's secretary and listed uh, Harry Truman first because Harry Truman was his guy. Harry Truman gets elected 
right there at the convention as they broker it, and he winds up then becoming president of the United States because of a political boss named Robert Hannigan. And this guy is really worth investigating, folks, because later, after running the post office, he leaves Washington, D.C. He buys the St. Louis Cardinals. Wow. He owned the St. Louis Cardinals. He also died at a very young age. Uh, But he was probably the biggest political boss in the country at that time to be able to pull that off and is single-handedly the reason... Harry Truman's president. From right here in St. Louis. Robert Hannigan. And there used to be a restaurant down on the landing called mm. Hannigan's. Oh, yeah. I played the piano there. Yeah. And uh, the family, and we, I think you and I have interviewed some of the descendants of yeah. Robert Hannigan that are still here in the St. Louis area. But really a compelling story about a man uh, that, that was quite a mover and shaker from St. Louis and is the reason that Harry Truman wound up becoming president. And that, boys and girls, is our history lesson. <laughs> For April 11th, 2022. Michael Kelly and John Hancock, we're going to wrap it up after this on KMOX. Well, everything's right with the world. Hancock and Kelly are here on Monday night. We'll be here Friday morning from 8.30 to 11, sitting in for Charlie and Amy as we do every Friday. Charlie's winding down. Yeah, it's getting close, isn't it? May the 12th is his last day. And I return back to the television studios with you, John, as... uh, what? Although this coming weekend is Easter, it's isn't Easter, it? Yeah. yeah, I guess we may be in there on Easter Sunday. Together. I don't know. Yeah, we got to figure that out. It's the Hancock and Kelly late night show. And John, uh, okay, we, baseball uh, is going through a lot of changes right now, right? Yes. We just saw the National League is implemented. The DH. The DH. DH. I still don't like the the pitcher has to bit, uh, throw to three batters. Yeah. I don't think that's right. It's not right. Fortunately, they did away with the ghost runner. Yes. They did away with banning the shift, which I think was a good idea, too. They may do that next year, though. They shouldn't. Yeah. Um, But one of the things that maybe, maybe I'm coming around on Mm. is this electronic strike zone. And why do I bring this up? Because I'm on Twitter right now, and Angel Hernandez, who is the favorite target of most of you who follow umpires, is is getting a lot of criticism. And the idea is, is that we don't even need an umpire behind home plate that the computer can ball balls and strikes. I don't think it's going to make the game faster. I think it loses a little bit of the human element uh, that has defined the statistics of baseball throughout the years. Um, but maybe I'm evolving on this, and maybe it would be okay if they just a computer said strike ball. Yeah, let's I, go on. I mean, we have it in tennis. You know, uh, you have it in baseball on foul balls down the line. You know, the replay and everything, and, and certainly football is that way with touchdowns. Did he cross the goal line? And so, the last true judgment call in many respects in all of professional sports is the balls and strikes. So, but having said that, uh, there is something I don't know um, nostalgic about watching the umpire. I was at the game Sunday. Okay. And um, new umpire, I've never seen him before. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he big guy, you know, right. he's in charge. He's the umpire. Right. These, these are people that if they weren't umpires, they would have been police officers. Right. You know? <laughs> and uh, so anyway, the, the innings Meter over. Yeah, yeah, Johnson over here. With, <laughs> $20 meter. Uh, anyway, I digress. So it's in between innings. Uh-huh. It's an umpire. Right, right. And you think you got a picture of an umpire. You know, Joe West, big plunky guy. Heavy set. Yeah, yeah. Laz Diaz. Um, Worried about where he's eating next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. this guy, is, he's built. You right. know, I mean, he's, he looks like Tyler O'Neill standing up Whoa. there. So he comes out between innings. He takes his, his, takes his hat off. Okay? The umpire has a man bun 
on top of his head. What? Yes. A man bun? Unbelievable. That's not appropriate on any man. I, I, I couldn't believe it. Much less he, an umpire. He had a man bun on top of his head. And uh, I'm looking How at... How old was this dude? I don't know. I'd never seen him before. Could you imagine Joe West with a man bun? I can't imagine anybody with a man bun, uh, let alone the home plate umpire at Bush Stadium. But there he was with a little ball on top of his head there. That's weird. And he was shaved every... I mean, it was like his whole head he was... just kind of pulled it into a knot? Yeah. And it was a bun sitting right on top of his head, and he puts a cap on top of it. Unbelievable. Well... That's not right. That's that, not no, American. No, you can't do man bun. No. no. And, and be an umpire. No. I mean, if you, you go bun. to Hollywood and, you know, wear your little man bun on the beach or whatever. Yeah, uh, we'll star in a movie. Yeah, right. Not, not calling balls you No, know, an umpire with a man bun. Are there any female umpires? No. I mean, well, somewhere, I'm sure. I, I'm surprised Major League Baseball hasn't done that. It's been implemented in football. I've, I've noticed yes. a lot of football games. Yes. Now, we still haven't had a head coach or a head um Referee that was a female, but I've noticed we had several line judges. Yeah, more and more women are now calling live sports. Well, yeah, and you've but got... I don't see them in baseball. Now, a couple of teams have started to put them in their in, in, the, in their, the dugout. In the dugout, the Giants yeah. have a female in the dugout uh, coach. So yeah, it's coming. That's going to happen. But I, I, I'm, you know what? I'm much happier to have a, a woman in the dugout than an umpire with a man button. Yeah, I don't like the man It's bun. just, you know, it's not right. But anyway. When I say the name umpire, if if, if you and I were playing passcode. Yeah. And I just said umpire, and you had to think of the most famous umpire you could, you would say, come on, we're from St. Louis. Who would you say? Don Dinkinger. Of course. Right? Yeah. Don who did Dinkinger. Not, who did not have a man bun. No. When he missed the call in the 1985 he World Series. Did he Series. ever admit that he got he did. that call wrong? Oh, yeah, wrong? yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a great, so Bob Costas does these Studio 42 shows okay. at, at MLB Network. And he had um, he had Don Dinkinger and Whitey Herzog. And they did the 1985 World Series. And wow. they t- and George Brett was in there. And they went through the whole thing, and Dinkinger said, yeah, I blew the call. I mean, really? Yeah, he knows. I mean, he did. He blew the call. You know, what are you going to do? What what That was game six, right? That was game six. And the Cardinals were, we were rallying at that point. When, we had the lead. Yeah. And uh, then they called the guy safe at first base. And then the next batter hit a pop foul. And Jack Clark dropped it in foul territory. It would have been an out. And then George Orta uh, got a base hit to run score. And then they, they, they won the game. And then they came back the next night. And they won something like 11 to nothing. Uh, Joaquin Andahar got kicked out of Game Seven. It was a, just a nightmare. The, the Cardinals knew when they lost Game Six, the way it was they over lost with. Game Six, that it wasn't going to. Do happen. you think Texas knew when they lost Game Six uh, in two thousand? Yeah, and, yeah. That, Although they, you know, they got off to a lead that night in Game well, Seven. Game Seven. I mean, most. I went to Game Seven and I had almost forgot that there was a game after Game Six because right. that may be the defining oh, baseball game of my lifetime. Game I've ever seen. Yeah, it's the greatest right. game I've ever seen. And. Uh, just absolutely phenomenal baseball game. You want to now wanna the hear worst, something? The you want to know call. who sat in front of me at the baseball game who? that night? Who? The Honorable Tashara Jones. Is that right? Was in front of me, man. We were buddies. We were talking, hanging yeah. out. We took pictures together. And See all there? That. You still have the pictures? Yeah, but she won't talk to me anymore. <clears throat> well, <laughs> who could blame her? <laughs> and so, now the worst call, in my opinion, in baseball history. Yeah. Um, was by an umpire who was a great umpire named Jim Joyce. Okay. Considered one of the best umpires in the game. I mean, great with the players, very had a lot of patience, didn't throw people out of the game very often. And um, 
Sanchez, I can't remember his first name, was pitching for the Detroit Tigers. He had a perfect game. Wow. Two outs in the oh, ninth inning. Yes, this is recent. This was in 2010. Yeah. And um, ground ball, first baseman, Sanchez covers the bag. The runner is out. It's a perfect game. Jim Joyce missed the call. Yeah. That and, and Jim and he he felt so sick about Cost it. He was the a, man he was, a perfect game. He was a great umpire. And that and that, you know, Sanchez or Gonzalez, whatever his name was. <laughs> we don't remember what his name was because he didn't have a perfect game. He's but, John Hancock. I'm Michael What Kelly. a pleasure. PJ behind the board. Great Matt Jeski. We'll see you on Friday for Amy and Charlie. Can't wait. Best of Glover is next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.